0: Bless you, everyone. Happy New Year to everyone. Year. I've got to just warn everybody, I'm using my Christmas present this year. Because I've got to be Joseph and Johnny. They get all their messages ready and they're on the iPad. And I suppose I have to catch up. Joseph's proper technical is <laughs> he can break any technical logical thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we finished the book of Acts, and um, tonight we are not we're not starting a new book. Um, we'll, we yet I suppose we, we haven't prayed or thought about where we're going to go next. So we will do. Um, we don't know whether we're going to go in the Old Testament or keep going with the New, but we're going to put that in prayer. And we're, we'll take suggestions, but we're going to put it to prayer as well. And then see where we're going to go. Revelation? You've done Revelation. <coughs> no. I don't mind. Um, I want to look at a, a verse, There's something that spoke to me when I was... Um, before we went to the seminar in what November, and I was reading in the book of Matthew, Matthew twenty, chapter twenty-two, and verse thirty-four. So, turn your Bibles, Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-four. Thirty-four. Cool. Matthew twenty-two, thirty-four. Praise the Lord. I'll read the verse and then we'll pray. It's verse 34 to 40. It says, "But when the Pharisees heard that he had that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered to they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, tested him, and said." Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the Lord? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ability, my God, to stand standing here again tonight, my Lord, to preach your word at the start of a new year as 2023 starts, my Lord, isn't that? And I thank you for the privilege, my God, of being able to stand up and preach your word again, my Lord. And I thank you, my Jesus, that you're here, my God, in this congregation with us, my Lord. It's not just me speaking, but you're here amongst us. And I pray, my God, that you move for the power of your Holy Spirit, my God, and that this night we would have something that would stand us for the rest of this year, my God, that we could put into practice or that we could add to our lives, my God. I ask in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. We have um, this verse here, this verse where Jesus has just spoke to the Sadducees and he's made them be quiet, he's answered them pretty sharply and he's dealt with them. And the Pharisees bring a lawyer the lawyer is well-versed in the law. right? You're going to go to prison, you need a lawyer, someone that knows the ins and outs of law. So they bring a lawyer to trick Jesus, to try and ask him a question that, that is going to trap him. That's the plan. Now this uh, Pharisee would have been a man that would have understood the law, would have, would have knew the law, probably took part and even acted out the 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 laws, if you like. So the Ten Commandments and the 665 that went on with it, he would have dealt with it, he would have knew what the laws was. The Pharisees were such a per- such a people, and you've heard me say it, that if the the Jewish people, the women couldn't look in a mirror on the Sabbath, just in case they see a gray hair, and if they pulled it out, that would be known as harvesting, so they'd be working on a Sabbath. So they made it so, the law was, A woman can't look in the mirror on a Sabbath. That was a part of the law. A man couldn't rest his arm on a donkey. he Couldn't just have a lean on on his animal because it meant that the the animal was bearing a load and it was working. A man couldn't spit on the floor in the dust because if it rolled and made a little plough line in the ground, it was known as working or ploughing. That's what it was known as. And these are the laws... That they've set up. Now remember that Moses told about the Sabbath. He he, he told them just make a fire on the Saturdays, uh, make a fire so the fire will last fruit of the Sabbath and uh, don't go to work. That was about it. Every other law that they brought on because of the Sabbath, everything else they added to it. So this lawyer who's coming to Jesus, who's talking to him, you know, as all the He's gone above and beyond, if you like. His style or his standard of Christianity or Judaism is this is such a, a high mark that he set. Like, he looks the part. He has an understanding of the law and he's living his life according to this law for the best that he can do. I'm not saying this man is without sin. He is a sinner. But this man is, on the outward appearance, looks the absolute part. He is not only a Pharisee, he is a lawyer, someone who's um, well-educated and respected. He's a clever man, an intelligent man. And this man with intelligence, they are the one that he's the one that the, the, the Pharisees have sought out. And gone like, right. here's Jesus. Give him an awkward question. Give him something that he's going to get stumped on, that he isn't going to know. He isn't going to be like, oh yeah, like the Pharisees, like the Sadducees and make us all look stupid. Give him a question that he doesn't really understand or we can knock him back down. Go on, do it. So this man that looked the part, who had all the finery, who had an understanding, who had a form of this godliness, he had a form of it because it was right for him to live by the law. but this man had this form, if you like, this religious act that he had. So religious that he would miss Christ. But when he asked Christ the question, which is the greatest command, what would we say? Would we go back to the Ten Commandments? Where would we go with that? What's the greatest commandment? And when he speaks to Jesus of that, he wants Jesus to give him a commandment. He wants Jesus to say, one of the ten possibly, or one of the other commandments, he's going to want something. But Jesus doesn't give him the answer out of the commandments, he gives him the answer of what all the Jewish people would used to pray and say. It was called the, the Shemaiah. am I saying that right? The Shema. And the Shema is found in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. This is the, the Shema, this is Sabbath, or the Shema, whatever it is, I'm calling it Shema, you know what I mean. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, this is what it says, it says, hero you know Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You should teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them. You should talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, and when you bind them, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on your and your foreheads between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So Jesus answers him with a command, like, he's asked him what's the greatest commandment, and Jesus answered him with this. It's found in Deuteronomy, and it's something that they would have, the the Jewish people, they would even have, like, you see them today, they'll have, like, a little box in their... In their hair they'll have these ringlets with a little box on their head, and they 've got this saying on it and the picture is that Jesus has not given them a commandment, but he 's given them a, a state of heart, not a commandment to live by not you shan 't murder but he 's saying you should love he isn 't given them a commandment, this is the way that you have to live your life this is the way that you 've got to go this is the way. And the reason why I say that, because I can tell Christians the greatest thing to do in their Christianity is to go to church, to pray, to read their Bible, to have fellowship, maybe even tell others of your faith. And they're all things that I can say, and that's what we, we do as Christians, this is what we act out as Christians. And you can be the best at that, the best. You can go to church and make every meeting. You can read your Bible more times than anybody else in here. You might know more. But if it isn't done like Jesus has said it here, that you do this out of love, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and with all your strength, it's hung on what? It's hung on nothingness. All this lawyer aid was hung on nothingness because it wasn't done out of love. Because he didn't want to tell Jesus this out of love, he wanted to tell Jesus out of a trick, didn't he? He wanted to trap him out of law. He wanted to say, "Like, I'm going to catch him out here." It wasn't done right. Tell the people, don't put it on your gatepost. Don't put it on your art. Go and put it in your own. Sit down and talk about this. Tell others. Put it in your homes. Put it on your gates. Do you know why they put it in the gates? The gates were so the foreigners could see it. This is what they believe. They love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their mind, and all their soul. And when they bring it in, it was personal. They brought it into their homes. They love their God with all their heart, mind and soul. And once they got them into their homes, they would sit down and they would talk to people because it was in their minds, in their hearts and in their soul. The greatest command will always be and always has been is love. There is no greater commandment than that. There is no greater understanding that we could have than I am loved. 1 John 4, 19. He loved me first. Before I even had a knowledge of God, before I could even get to him, before I could even work out who God was and who Jesus was, I might have seen him on a cross or a crucifix, but I might have not understood the story, I might have not know. He loved me. And there's a picture to this, that he loved me first. So when God says, love me with all your heart, mind and soul, that's something that we have to do as Christians. I want to tell us that we can, we can come to church and lose sight of this. If you lose sight of loving God and the reason why you're here is because you understand what God did for you and that you love him. And he's your driving force now. He's what gets you out of a bed of a morning. He's what makes you tick. He's what makes you happy. Telling others about the Lord. He's, this, This, to loving the Lord, is where it's at. It's when we look and go astray from that. When we see the church of, of, of the world today, the churches in the world that are not following God, but they're following, if you like, mammon. They're following rubbish. It's because they're losing sight of this. People that go with false doctrine, it's because they're losing sight of this. Love the Lord your God, put him first. It's all about him, it's all for him, it's it. There is a time, the Bible says in, in Timothy, that people will become lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. And it's dangerous, because I think we're coming very, very close to that. We're coming very, very close to a place where people will sooner love themselves rather than love God. In this this verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and love your neighbour as yourself. Timothy says, a time is coming when people will be lovers of themselves. That's the opposite of this, isn't it? In this commandment, you do not see you in it. Remember this, that in the very beginning, here are Israel, the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God. That's a personal thing. When David would write, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, my God, is a personal God that wants a personal relationship. He's personal to me, he's personal to you. I'm not talking about the Lord your God. I'm talking the Lord my God. He's mine. He's yours. That's how personal he is. He's mine and I love him. He loves me. He's love for me. You've heard me say this many times. He's love for me. is never in question. It's never. But my love for him is always a question. Because the Bible says if you love me, you would obey my commands. That's just plain and simple. Jesus says, he loves me unconditionally, but he says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commands. What's the greatest of all the commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul. When he talks about, you see, we we know what the heart is. When we have an understanding of what the heart is, the heart is the desire or the devotion of a man what we look what we long for, what we look towards. And we have to be very, very careful. Very, very careful. Because just like Eve in the garden, when God said, don't take, and that she saw that it was good, there was a changing of her mind and a changing of her heart. The Bible says that where your heart is, there also will be your what? Be your treasure. Or if you like, desire, I think NIV puts it. The heart of somebody. And I want, at this time of this year, we're not either the world believes in, what's it called, resolutions. They don't work. I've been on the dark for everyone for the last 20 years. And I don't know, I don't know anybody, or I do know somebody who stuck to it. Yeah, the boy said he's never drinking a fizzy drink again, for five years he ain't done it, so... Six. Six, well, uh, six. Years. Quite proud of that. <coughs> so, I'm not into making resolutions, but I am into understanding or correcting our thoughts and our, our train of thoughts and our own arts and our own minds that if the Bible says love the Lord with all your heart, it means where is your desire? Where is it? Where is your aspiration to be all that you can be for the Lord? Where's your, I want to be all I can be for the Lord? Where's that? Is it, have, you, have you still got that? Did you once have that? Did you once have a burning and aching desire to be all that you can be for the Lord? Lord, if you want me to go, there I'll go. If you want me to do this, I'll do it. If their desire is on the things of the Lord, that's what he's saying, love the Lord to God with all your heart. Where is your desire? Where is your devotion? Where's it at? Where can your heart or devotion be? And it's normally judged by this. What do you spend the most time with? Where do you, where do you put your treasures? Where, where do you, what do you value the most is where you spend the most time or put the most effort in them. And brothers and sisters, let's check that. Let me check that. Let me, my aunt check that. Let's us check that this, this, this night. Let's check this in our own life. Where's my desire? We, 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 uh, we, me and my wife have been saying that we don't want to be here next Christmas. We want to go on holiday somewhere. We want to be somewhere off. That's my desire for next year. But that's just, that's a nothing, that's a meaningless compared to what the Lord's got in store for us. What's what's a holiday compared to to seeing people saved and seeing the church fall or the work of the Lord going on? What's that? What is it all about? We want to change things and we we have desires for, come on, let's change our focus and put it on the things of the Lord. Everything that's on this earth is temporary. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But the things that God gives us are eternal, they last. Where is our desire? Where is their heart in this? Love the Lord God with all your heart. That means all your desire to the Lord. It talks about all your soul. A very conscience, a very very, if you like, a very, a very being is put onto the things of the Lord, the things that makes us separate from being an animal, is it a very soul, the, 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 the thing that makes you, you and me, me. I'm always going to be Charles, and not it marvellous? There's seven billion people on the planet earth and no two people are the same. People here who've got a family of children, there's no two of them the same, are they? They're all different. Every one of them is different. Got four children. Every one of them is different. They've got different nature, different way of going on. Some get upset if you laugh at them, some laugh with you. It's, it, it, am I, is that right? Is it, you've got children here. Is that, is that true? Brought up in the same home, same mum and dad, same back up, upbringing, watch the same programs, do the same things yet they're all different. And that's the very soul of us. We're all different, but we're all God's children. And it's every nature, the very the, the essence of us that makes us us. That's what God wants. And the, even in that, Lord, I want you to be the centre of my life. Not only are you my heart and my desire, you're the reason for being, you're the reason for believing, you're the reason for my breath in my body. I think the mind, when it says, that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, I think the mind is something that, we can easily explain, but it's hard to do. The Bible tells us to take captive every thought under the surrender, in the surrender for Christ. That our minds can be... a The way that we think in our minds can be just the grounds for the enemy. Do you understand that? I'll I, I share this with you. I don't do the lottery. Don't do it. But I can envision what it would be like to have that money and spend it. And I could be on the daydream somewhere and think, oh, if I had that, I'd, be, I'd buy you, I'd disappear, I'd do this. Do you understand that we can spend time in wandering? In my mind, I'm quite all right. I'm, 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 only when I bump myself in the mirror or look into the mirror, do I I look the sight. But in my mind, because I don't, I don't see me like you see me, I think I'm all right. Anybody else yet? I think you're (laughs) alright. Better than (laughs) feelings. That's an in joke, that one. Uh, um, Do you understand that? Some of us live in a daydream, in a a world where we're the the most intelligent, smartest, I don't know, best at whatever we want to do. If we play football, we're the best of it. If we go boxing, we're the best at it. If we... Play darts, we're the best at it. We've got this this mentality where in our mind we we make ourselves up to be something that we're really not. Do you understand? Some of us can live in a life of fantasy where we're not true to our own selves. Do you know that that we can kid our own selves? Do you know it's a terrible thing to see a man lie to his own self? Do you know the worst thing to be? Yeah, it's alright. Are you kidding? Who Who do you think you're kidding it will be alright. Ah, oh, yeah, we should The Bible says that we have to love the Lord with all our hearts, minds and soul. So we're even putting our minds into the understanding of living in reality, to say, Lord, I'm not living my best life for you. Put my life in check. To say, Lord, don't let me daydream and think that I'm being alright, when really I'm not. Don't let me think that I'm the best Christian. listen. They're all at it. They're all like that. They all get to live in this way. They all do it. They're all like it. And you convince yourself that you're okay because it's not true, it's not right. Let everybody else be wrong, but let you and God be right. Let's live our, put our minds right before him. Let's think of ourselves as we really are. Lord, you know that I'm a sinner. I don't have to convince you, Lord, but sometimes I have to convince me. Sometimes I have to convince me and say, I'm not alright reading one chapter every month and thinking that I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I can convince everybody else here and here, yes, I'll oh, well, tell you what. All you've done is listen to somebody uh, spit something out and you've repeated it. And you think that you're reading your word because, yeah, I've got a prayer life. Yeah, I'm praying to the Lord. And really, that's between you and you. I don't know that, do I? I don't know what prayer life you've got. Nobody else here does, but you do. And if you can convince yourself you're all right when you're wrong, brother and sister, you're in a dangerous place. If you can convince yourself that you read enough and you read nothing, you're in a dangerous place. You're in a place where the enemy can do what he wants and save what he wants because you've got no backbone to stand up with it. You've got nothing to stand up You're not living in reality. It's not nice when you get a reality check sometimes. It's not nice when somebody says, Charles, you're just an awkward fella, and you you do this, and you do this, and I have to be told off and be put right. And it's like, oh, but you know something, it does me good. It corrects my very conscience, it corrects my my, my very very being, if you like. And it pulls me about, and it shakes me, and it says, listen, think right thoughts. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. You know what that means? You're not kidding yourself. You've got your mind firmly fixed on the things of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I I, I want to share this because I want you to to understand that this is the most important command in in the whole word of God. Is that you would be sincerely devoted to the things of the Lord. Sincerely. Love the Lord your God. And I want to tell you why love is the greatest. Do you know it's an action? Love is action. It's a a word that's in action. You, You can tell somebody that you love them. But unless there's an action behind it, it doesn't really mean a great deal. Do you understand that? I thank God... When the Bible says that God had compassion on me, and the word compassion means move to action. Compassion means move to action. To say that you have compassion on somebody and do nothing, you're not compassionate, you just feel a bit guilty about that that person's situation. Compassion means that you're moved to an action, you do something. When God looks at me that he was moved to action, that he had compassion. That he had love for me and he, he, he dealt with me. And, brothers and sisters, if we are told that we have to have love for God and love for one another, we must be moved to action for one another and to God. Do you understand that? That we have to have love is an action. Love isn't just something, just plain words, it's moved to a response. And when it says that God loved me first, it's because of that, it's because that He was moved to an action. God never asked of us what he hasn't showed us. He never asked of us what he first hasn't done for us. But what, what, what does God ask for you? Love me with all your heart, mind and soul. I think God can be summed up that he loved you with all his heart, mind and soul. Do you understand? What, what is he led the way he showed us. When we read in the Word of God, when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is known as the chapter of love, love is patient, love is kind, it's not self-seeking, it gives all the description of what love is. Right at the end, I think it's verse 13, right at the end, it says, finally brothers, these three things remain, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these things is what? Love i tell you why love's there. The greatest of these is love. Do you know why? Love adds. Now, I can have faith in somebody that loves me. Do you, would I have faith in somebody who doesn't love me? Don't know. You so say, you're going to jump out of an aeroplane. You've got somebody who doesn't like you. He knows that you're a Christian. He's from Al-Qaeda. He's going to strap you in. He's the one that's going to sort out your parachute. He's the one that's going to put it all together. And he's the one. You got faith in that? Or it's going to be somebody that loves you? It's going to be, it's going to be somebody that cares for you. You, you. Your mother, your wife, your father. It's going to be somebody. Your husband. Left that one out. Right, at the last. But it's somebody that loves you. Would you have faith in that? You could have faith in that, couldn't you? Somebody said, do you understand the difference? So love adds to faith. If I know that my God loves me, it's because then I can put my faith in him. Do you understand that, that faith adds to things? If you've got love I and mean, then you have compassion, if you have love that you can have faith. What about hope? And I want to speak about this in a, 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 a... Hope is is something that this world is is losing. We're living in the times where... Um, We've changed more we've had more Prime Ministers or government has changed three times it's never been heard before. Everybody says there's going to be a recession, everybody says everything's going down, the world's going to there's no fuel, there's wars and rumours of wars, there's there's loads of different things, loads of different things that's going on in the world. But the price of fuel and the price of eating and the price of a gas bottle and the price of everything, and some poor people can't afford it, generally. And we're living in a time where we have to, you know, maybe have to put our hope in the Lord or put our trust in the Lord. And I want to tell you something. I can put my hope in the Lord because He loves me. I don't have to put my hope in anything else because anything else, you know, not so much care there. But I can put my hope and my trust in the things of the Lord because I know that He loves me. I know that He has a plan and a purpose for me whilst I'm on earth. And brothers and sisters, faith, hope and love... The greatest of these is love, because love adds to it and makes it better. Love adds to it and makes it more. When God speaks to you and he says, listen, love me with all your heart, mind and soul, he wants to make you more. You without love means nothing. You with love change the world. Knowing and understanding that you are loved, but knowing that you have to put your mind, your soul and your spirit Every, every part of your being, every part of your fibre, all my desire has to be in the things of the Lord. What I want, what, where I want to be in my life, where do I see myself next year? With a different motor, a different trailer? Nothing. What about standing on a street corner and preaching the word of God? What do I do with that? We can't say that we have desires to to, to fulfil the Lord or do the things of the Lord. And next year you're exactly the same place, doing exactly the same thing, with the same amount of knowledge, read the same amount of scripture, had the same prayer life. It it doesn't work, brothers. It doesn't work, sisters. There has to be more. There has to be a longing in us to be more than what we was last year. There has to be a longing desire. And how do you get to that? How do you be that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. The lawyer had come and looked the part, but he never, he never had this, he didn't understand it. It was words that they just used to speak into the air. And when Jesus would say, the greatest of all these commands is this, love me, because I loved you first. Something that I heard today, and it spoke to me when... Do you know when Peter got out of the boat... And he started to sink. He started to sink because he took his eyes off the Lord, didn't he? But I'll tell you something in that scripture that we have to understand. Jesus never took his eyes off of Peter. That's how I can serve the Lord. That's what I can say. I know that I'm loved. I might take my eyes off of him, but he never takes his eyes off of me. And that is great. I want to say this: that, that, that when you think about all the, the great men and the great women of, the, of God who spent time with the Lord, when they spent time in His presence, people like Moses met with the Lord in the burning bush. Yeah, he met with God in the burning bush. Spoke with the Lord, burning bush, and was this man that God would have to speak to him? Strike the rock. Stretch out your arm. And God had a relationship with him that talked to him. He was on the mountain top for 40 days and 40 nights where he spoke with the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, ask of me what you want, Lord. Ask of me what you want, Moses. Ask of me and I'll give it to you. He said, Lord, I want to see you. What? Think about that. He's met with the Lord in the burning bush. He's been up on the mountain with the Lord. He speaks to the Lord. Lord, I want to see you, Lord. He couldn't get enough of God. He couldn't get enough of Him. He wanted to be in His presence. He wanted more of Him and more of Him. And I find that there are people that don't want no more of God. They've got just enough. They've got a religiosity like this lawyer. that would come in and just say, look, yeah, what's the greatest command? They could talk all the Christianity. They could say it or look it. But where's the that are say, give me more of you, Lord? More of you. Lord, change my heart, my mind and my soul. Don't let me fix my gaze on the rubbish. But Lord, let me fix my gaze on you. What is around me is temporal. But Lord, I'm going to live eternally for you. Do you know what our problem We're so short-minded. We're thinking tomorrow. We're thinking next day or next month or next year. We're thinking so short terms. What about eternity, brothers and sisters? Do you think that one minute, when you step for one second into eternity that you would think that you would change your mind, that you would think that you would want to think about something else. Do you know the person that's gone before us, the people that are in heaven, you know what they're saying? Be all you can be. Here's eternity. In this I want you to understand something. You can live this way. You can love the Lord with all your mind, with all your heart and with all your soul. You might not have seen anybody. You might think, well, who does it? That's no excuse, brothers. You could be the first. You could be the first example of loving the Lord with all your mind, all your soul, and all your spirit. Lord, everything within me, all my desires, let it be for you. And I'm not talking about give everything that you've got away. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about serving God. Have things, but put it all before the Lord. Being in his presence. Having a longing desire, that is the greatest thing for a Christian. And when we don't have that longing desire to be in his presence, when we don't have that, we can, know, we can honestly say that there's something's going to astray. I want to tell you that you can achieve it. If once you did have that, when you had that longing desire to be in his presence, that, that heart, mind and soul, it was all about him, the conversation was all about him. And maybe that's gone astray. Brothers and sisters enter this year. Change that. Put that right. Lord, let it be about you. Let my focus this year... Do you know, I can't change one day in the past, but I can change every day in the future. I can't, make one, I can't do nothing about that, but every day tomorrow I can change. I'll end with this. Faith, hope and love. The greatest of these is love. Because love adds to everything. Love makes it. Love adds. Brothers and sisters, you hear me say this. Do you know that you're loved? Do you know that you're loved? There's no a place that you've been that God doesn't love you. There's not a thing that you've done that God thinks now and done with him. You can't do anything to make God love you less. You can't. You can't do anything to make God love you more. You can't. You might think, oh, these preachers, or they've been about, they've been here for years, or they've been preaching God's word, that doesn't mean that God loves me more than you. It doesn't. He loves you exactly the same. There's nothing that you have did that can cause God to love you less. He knows it. You're not going to surprise him anyway. You know what he does? Come draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's what he does. Come. Brothers and sisters, who wants that longing desire to be all you can be for the Lord back in your life, serving him to the best of your ability? Put all the rubbish, all the stupidity, all the silliness to one side and say, Lord, let me concentrate my focus upon you. Let my mind, let my heart, let my soul be for you. Who wants that? Who wants that in this year? Who wants to say, look, 2023 is here, soon it'll be 2024, and I don't want to be living that life. I want to be focused on you. Who wants that? I want it. I've got to tell the truth. I want to be all that I can be for the Lord. I want to be better this year than I was last. I want to focus my attention more upon Him. Is that you? Is that where you find it? Is that where you want to be? If that is, then pray. Speak to the Lord yourself. Lord, put a challenge out of your own heart and say, Lord, let me focus my attention on you. Let this be the (laughs) the message that I've heard, to put it all back into place, focus my attention and put it back for you. Remember, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. I want to tell you something about that. It's a commandment. It's not something that you can do without. It's a commandment. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you that you say in your word that you love us first. And you, you set the way. You set the example. You have devoted to me, my Lord. I thank you that for that, my Lord. And I pray for me, my Lord. I have a brother and sister here, my God. Just me own arm. And Lord God, let me focus my attention solely upon you. And let me have re, re- being religious, my Lord God, and think that I'm right, my Lord, but I'm not. And I pray for us as a church, as a body of believers in this place. Lord, let that be the command that we live by this year. Lord, that we put you first, that it's all about you, that it's all for you. And Lord God, let us have that longing desire to be all that you want us to be, my Lord God. That that our mind, our soul, and a very being in our, our, all of us, my Lord, our heart, my God, to be yours we would devote ourselves to you, my Lord. Like you devoted yourself to us. Oh, my God, I do pray for us as a church, my God, that us focus same attention on you. And I ask this in through the precious and one of the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.